I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and First Nation people of the land on which this podcast has been recorded. For me in Melbourne, Nam, Australia, it's the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and communities and pay my respect to their culture, elders, past, present and emerging. Hey gorgeous, are you ready to turn on the light switch of your soul and live an authentic, radiant and unapologetically pleasure-filled life? I'm Penny Vandersloos, I'm a pleasure activist and adventurer, feminine empowerment coach and a conscious creatrix and connector. I'm also a wife and mother of two teens and host of this podcast, Turned On, Wild, Free and Sexy in Your Midlife. Welcome, Woman Jika. This episode, Men's Sexual Appetite and Its Impact on You, is with a dear friend of mine, Ursuline Perron. We've known each other over 20 years and she featured in the third episode of my original podcast, Shine, Love and Light On. And we are exploring the relationship between men and women and the sexual desires and appetite of men. So I just wanted to flag that. And if you're not in a sexual relationship with a man, that doesn't mean that this episode won't be of value for you. We all have men in our lives and there's lots of misunderstanding and information that hasn't been shared around this topic. So I hope you listen and enjoy it. But to introduce Erzlam to you. She's a certified tantric yoga and pranayama practitioner, a sex and intimacy coach and sacred sexuality healer. She works with men and women to help them grow into their fullest potential sexually. She hosts workshops and retreats in Australia and internationally and supports her clients to connect with their bodies to be able to inhabit their body in a more conscious way. We're going to be here today to help us understand men from a different perspective. So thank you for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Why don't we start with what it means for you to be turned on and maybe you're even experiencing it with your clients as well. What are you noticing turned on really is for them? I love witnessing my clients actually come to life when they really connect to their bodies. There's such a freedom and liberation that comes from them. And that, that really does turn me on. It's, it brings this life force energy to them through the work that we do. And just that opening into their heart centers is truly beautiful. I love witnessing them open. (laughs) I'm hearing you're turned on just as much by them <laughs> to their turn on. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think too, working many, many years, I worked with women, but now stepping into working with men, I also work with couples, but also individually with men, they're extremely vulnerable. Like 
incredible souls. Previously, that's not how I used to relate to men. I definitely did not have a very good relationship with men at all. I hated them <laughs> for many, many years. And in fact, manipulated them to get what I wanted, especially around my seduction and sexuality. If you go back and listen to my, all the podcasts that we did together, Penn, I don't know, three years ago now. Yeah. I do share quite vividly there about my journey um, of how I became a stripper and my relationship to men and how that evolved. So since creating my new beautiful flourishing business, White Samsara, as a tantrica, as an incredible sex and intimacy coach, oh, the journey has just been so incredibly healing, both for myself and for them, and to witness men come into their power through this work is truly beautiful. And it, it changes my perception about what I used to think of them, that they're always high on libido and always searching for sex and always trying to get what they want and they dominate and they're just predators, you know, but it's so not true. They're just like us. Which is why I really think this conversation is so valuable because in our midlife, many of us haven't even been taught about our own sexual desires and understanding them and being educated on what's possible. So we are fed beliefs about how men, like you sort of alluded to, prey on women and they only want what's good for them and they don't have any desires that are going to meet our needs as well. And so we don't really have a full understanding of what they're struggling with or what they need or how they want to be related to. And yeah. I think what you touched on in that, I think it was my third episode of my <laughs> podcast so long ago, how mm. men, when you're a stripper, wanted often your time just to be seen and valued. And it wasn't actually, you know, looking at your body or what you were doing. It was just they wanted time to be appreciated. And so I think that's yes. really interesting that there's this now tie in the work you're doing that, that that's true of men still <laughs> yes and I've developed this deeper sense of compassion towards them you could say and most of them you know understand the language of intimacy through the, the lens of sex yeah so perhaps pornography is to blame for this I don't know I'd like to think so that this is the best way that we've been taught. This is the education these days. I mean, you know, turn to the internet and it's free and it's available. But what I teach men and try to re-educate their minds about is actually that's not what they want. What they're really desiring is to connect to their heart and to me or, or others through a different lens actually, which is a safe and a trusting environment where two hearts can come together. And there's a beautiful process that I take them through to get to that place. We do embodiment practices actually, which is powerful. What I was doing with women, I'm also applying to the men through breath, through gentle self-awareness and meditation. Their world changes. All of a sudden they don't have the anxiety or the mind chatter that used to drive them crazy. So it is a really profound, deeper level of understanding also for men to be re-educated that when they are needing that connection and that intimacy because of their high sex drive, because that's what they think it is, 
turning to porn is actually more detrimental. It's actually an addiction. And this is what I educate them around, how to relearn and reprogram so that they can uh, have better choices. So you mentioned a couple of things then around men having anxiety and not even understanding what it is they really need. Can you summarize what you feel that maybe as women, we're not fully across so that we can get an understanding because whether you have a male partner or not there are men in your life and there are men that we assume are all going around with these desires i think if the first thing we need to look at is our biological makeup men and women just take a look at our sexual energy and how different it is like have a look at how we orgasm for example how a man orgasms and how a woman so A man, when he has an orgasm, he has a peak moment, he's motivated, but then that can fall very suddenly as well. And it happens within a few minutes, sometimes three minutes, five minutes and longer for some. But women, you know, their orgasmic state increases at a very steady, more gradual, much longer. So by the time it's 20 minutes for a woman, I guess, to reach that point of orgasm, if you wish, a man is way over and done within five minutes. So there's a discrepancy there. That's already like a big test for both of us. So it's not man's fault that they're biologically wired that way. They just don't know how to transmute that sexual energy. And in Tantra, we call this sexual transmutation because if we're not in control, is what I teach men, of our sexual urges and our sexual desires, we are going to turn to porn. We are going to watch footy at night and watch Netflix late and drink a whole lot of sugar. Yeah. But this is going to deplete their life force energy. And so in Tantra, we have this process where we learn to harness our sexual energy and using breath techniques and a few other incredible things to help them to actually move literally that sexual energy from their base, from their genitals, which is where it's generally all focused to different parts of their body. And then all of a sudden their chest widens, they feel more liberated and more grounded to continue and prolong it. And I, and you were asking me before about anxiety around men. A lot of them come to me saying they have performance anxiety around their sexuality and my belief around this is, and this is by the way, 98% of men, it's incredible how high it is. All of them say, I don't feel adequate enough. I don't feel like I can perform well enough with my partner. And I don't understand why I have erectile dysfunction. Like this is the common theme. So hang on, is 98% what people are reporting as anxiety? 98% of my clients that come to I was thinking, yeah, (laughs) no, (laughs) it's a high number. And what I learned from this experience of listening to men is they don't feel adequate enough. And they also fear rejection when it comes to asking for what they need with their partners. And so we work with consent and asking for what they need and simple practices to actually get them to go, actually, what does my body need right now? and then go and ask it. So these simple practices like completely transform the way that they approach sex rather than praying, because this is what happens when sexual energy is stuck in the lower chakras, in the 
sexual body, we become predators, all of us, not just men, but women too. It's like, we want to, excuse my French, fuck anything we see. <laughs> and so we learn how to move that around us so that we're not at the whim of our desire, e.g. when porn comes on, there's this urgency. And by the way, a porn video shot that goes for five or seven minutes long, I don't know if you know the facts, but besides the damage that porn does on the, the brains of people, a five to seven minute shot is equivalent to how what they would film in one to two hours. So there's so much editing that happens. You don't see the parts where he goes soft and he's not erect anymore. You don't see the parts where behind the scenes, the man is actually trying to get an erection to be good for camera. This is not teaching us anything other than you have to be a man and get it up and keep it up and keep performing and dominating. And that's not true. A man also has moments where he doesn't feel like pushing. <laughs> And I think this is a big key for men to understand when they come to me and I say, actually, you don't need to have an erection to have this process work on you at all. You can actually be just as you are and you'll get this. It's not about how hard it is and how fast you can go or how big it is. We don't do any of that. This is about slowing down, particularly slowing down the nervous system so that they can feel what they want what their desires are and then all of a sudden there's a natural progression into penetrative sex perhaps if they're in a coupled relationship you know but if and when that happens that happens as a side effect it's never the goal or intention to try to make someone come and i wanted to say one more thing on that topic about and performance anxiety because it comes up a lot with men and they're overwhelmed excited when i share this with them because i used to do that so in my 20s i was addicted to porn sex and men and i had a lot of it but i didn't know anything that i know back then that i do now about the empowered feminine you you could say that can hold space for a man no matter where he's at but back then i used to force men to try to ejaculate as a way for me to be perhaps more in control, but also I couldn't wait for it to be over and done with actually most of the time and many other reasons. And I hear men again and again come to me saying, I feel pressured by my partner to actually ejaculate and it blows my mind. And I say to them, you know, we need to relearn how to ask for what we need and also how to say no, it's so important to understand your own sexual energy and what's going on in your body. Be intimate with yourself first, I say, and then you can connect with your partner and ask for your needs to be met. So it's a whole new world for them. And it's it's really beautiful to re-educate them on this. Oh my God, it sounds like we're all in a big hot mess because we're not <laughs> communicating properly. We're not. We don't understand. I mean, there would be so many men educated via porn or that expectation. And even we have in our movies, the G-rated version, men yes. should know and should be confident and they definitely will want women. And so then there's those men who don't have that experience or don't have the same desire as women. And that was me in my relationship. I wanted more than my husband. And so that 
made me feel inadequate, I think you touched on, or we, we need to touch on more is how much we're all trying to please each other and not really yes. understanding until we start to communicate what we really, really are experiencing in the moment. Yes. And we're so, and men especially are accustomed to doing and giving and being of service to women. I hear this again and again, I want to please you. I want to pleasure you. But they've never taken the time to actually go, what do I want? What do I need? And a lot of them are overperforming actually when it comes to sexual relationships. And they come to me and they have a break. They actually, for the first time, are like, oh, wow, I'm actually giving this to myself now. And it's such an honor. It's like, wow, like you're gifting yourself this precious time that you don't ask for in your relationship. So what about women listening who, whether they're in a partnership or they've been in one or they want to be in one with a man and they're on a different pages. So how do you, when your appetites are different, how, what would you give as a tip to someone listening? How do we start to understand each other better? That's a very good question. And yes, we do have very different appetites and it changes for all of us, depending on our stress levels, our lifestyle. Did we get enough sleep that night? Did we eat well? Like so many factors. So it's very rare that we're going to have the same level of appetite. So there is a game that I could definitely suggest that you can do if you're in a partnership. You could call it erotic play, a lovely fun game where you role play. This is a really powerful way to turn on your, like lean into your edges a little bit of the darker masculine and also the darker feminine. It's edgy, <laughs> but it's a good yeah. thing to practice. For example, she might, even though she may not initially feel comfortable with it, dress up and do a beautiful goddess dance or an erotic dance, either in front of the mirror, she might do that for herself, which is such a beautiful way to honor her body and herself and her own self-pleasure. And if and when she feels ready, she might do that for him in front of you him. mean so to say you could do that first just for yourself i would definitely recommend self-practice yeah it's amazing how that turns you on you don't know it because your mind thinks no i can't do that that's not me but then when you start putting clothes on and like you get into that you start embodying what's true to, to all of us we all have that edge to us and I find too in relationship, when we can role play inside that spectrum of the dark and the light, we can have a very healthy balance, I feel, in most relationships. And the key is to find that balance of the lighter aspects being, as an example, embodying Mother Teresa, you know, the compassionate lover who just nurtures and cares and does all these beautiful things to love you up to the dark, erotic, wild woman who will just rip your head off if necessary. So we can kind of tap into these energies, I suppose, and open up to the depths of the erotic nature within each of us and the Mother Teresa in each of us. And I think if we can, as partners, touch those areas and lean into them a little bit, I think that's a beautiful way to increase the appetite in the, like the balance. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hearing that it's it takes a whole lot of vulnerability to to start to say, 
hey, can we explore this together? That's always a really good place to start. Like how would you feel if we put our sex life, which is even when you were just suggesting going on a spectrum from light to dark, there's a whole range in there and you might be (laughs) only ever touching on one kind of level or one element of it when you start to realize there's this breadth and then there's two of you or however you relate to other people coming in together there's so many opportunities but it's also why sometimes we're on completely different pages (laughs) and we we get into a funk and we're thinking we're assuming yes so much Yes, beautiful. And sometimes I think you mentioned it also earlier, Penny, that sometimes we do want to please our partners and we will sacrifice what we need to pleasure them. There is a fine tuning there. You could own that and express that is something that I would recommend. And you could say, look, I'm not in the mood, but I really desire to pleasure you. Mm. You know, that's so authentic. It's so beautiful and it's vulnerable. Uh, and then he or she can choose whether he wants to receive that. Yeah. So you're giving each other this opportunity to communicate a whole new language of being vulnerable with how you feel and expressing it and then asking for what you want. It takes something. I think we do take it personally because this whole area of our life where we feel like we're in kindergarten so we don't know what the hell we're doing. Yeah. So then if we get a little bit of rejection, we take it personally what you're inviting us to consider is no we're all in the same boat we're all learning in my earlier years with many boyfriends very naive I thought it was my duty as a woman to pleasure my man because if I didn't please him he would leave me for another woman this I actually believe that (laughs) oh and I say like come into your sovereign self and own your sexual power your being your 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 womanhood And it's okay to not be sexually matching with him all the time. And it's completely okay for your man to come and nurture you and and love you up for that whole time. You know, if you're still bleeding, for example, or going through some menopausal troubles, what a beautiful way to be intimate with your partner to say, hey, I'm really needing you to go make me a cup of tea and get me my heat bag and lavender and just rub it on my belly. Like that's beautiful. That's magical. That's lovemaking. You know, I regard that. That's a really cool tip. So what else do we need to know about men's sexual appetite? <laughs> oh, I believe also that men really do need to have other ways to express this in healthier ways so exercise i can't stress enough how important that is so so important for everything it is a really beautiful way to really utilize that sexual energy so i also just want to touch on one other thing and i learned this from one of my beautiful teachers mantak chia he's the master sex taoist just incredible man he's got so many great books and he says in one of his books the multi-orgasmic man and woman that when a man ejaculates his intention if we are biologically wired to think is to impregnate her yeah so this is how we're wired biologically and approximately he says 
when men ejaculate. That's 40 million sperm. 40 million per ejaculation. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of life force energy. Now he says, if we're not ejaculating to impregnate a woman, then what are we going to do with the rest of this life force energy? Like it's huge. Like that's why their, their appetite is so full on. It's ravenous. Yeah. So they need to learn techniques to be able to express that. So exercise is amazing. Breathing techniques is amazing. Qigong, yoga, walking in nature. Yeah, cooking, like really using your creative abilities, writing, music, these types of things I say are very important for a man to be able to come back into his body and really ground his sexual energy because his desires are always going to be there. He just cannot. He needs to learn to empower his mind and use his amazing strength and his body to ground himself. And that's what actually is attractive to a woman. I know that's a big generalization, but what a woman loves in a man and why she approaches him and perhaps could even be turned on by him is when he's fully in his body and he's present and he's holding space for himself and he's grounded. You know, we're not, I'm not really turned on by a man who's frenetic and scattered and, you know, running around like a machine. Yeah. It's not yeah. very attractive. I think this is really key as well that a man needs to take responsibility for his sexual energy and not go and spill it out all the time, thinking that that's the way to relieve the stress and the anxiety. Yeah, there's two things that are coming up here. One is I love that you are highlighting sexual energy and life force energy and the overlap and the, they're intertwined and one and the same because we often think of sexual energy as something that's really into one element of our life but when it's the way you're describing it it's part of our whole body and as soon as we kind of box it into one part of our body or hide it away it has an impact on us and it impacts our energy flow and what you're saying to realize for men their sexual energy and their life force energy can be expressed in breath and exercise and joy and Yes. Activity and all those are really important. So my next thing I wanted to say <laughs> for women who have men in their life that aren't in touch with their life force energy or don't know and are struggling with that, it's really hard. We want them sometimes to go, come on, you just need to go out and exercise. <laughs> Can you just do this? And you want to fix them. How do we hold space or how do we create opportunities so that we understand and are compassionate to this need as well. Great question. It's so, so good. And it's so common. I see it again and again and again. I was caught in that trap of wanting to fix my man because I could see his potential and I could see mm. what he could do with himself and how much better he'd feel if he only did X, Y, Z. Oh, I did it for decades. Um, you know, there's the truth, which is a, maybe a painful answer, and there's ways to work around it, maybe that is a medium balance. But, you know, you can leave him. <laughs> That's an option. <laughs> That's the hard truth, yeah? Okay, okay. That's definitely one option. 
but to stay is even more courageous because it does require for you to step more into your sovereign as a woman, which means whatever he's doing, if, if it's triggering you and it's bringing stuff up in you, yep, you have to deal with it. <laughs> you know, you have to, otherwise it's just going to keep reoccurring and it's just going to continue to frustrate you. And that will be building resentment and eventually the tension it, it's it's a mess um so yeah the best thing to do for us is lead by example would be one way that i would say always 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 and to um come in to how you're feeling so check in so if something that he's doing is bothering you it's always an opportunity for us to look at ourselves so rather than fixing him perhaps there's always like this disconnect going on inside i always say where are you being critical about yourself usually that's where i would ask and hone in um, on the women when we're when i'm doing couples work and you'll always find something you know so let go of his performance let go of what he needs to do you need to be your own sovereign queen and lead by example because there are ways, and I just did this beautiful workshop the other night, actually, it was called Fierce Love and how to access our sacred rage with love. Oh, it was so powerful because what I noticed is I thought my rage was disruptive and it's not okay and I can't use my voice and I can't be that loud because I would be rejected. That was my fear but I learned how to actually utilize it from my heart space as well as my beautiful base, my yoni. And when I could integrate the two and come from that place, my voice was authentic. And so I say this because perhaps your attempts of wanting to inspire him to exercise and do all those things is not coming from a heart space. It's more a you know, there's something wrong with you and I don't like what you're doing or whatever your intention is. It's not really coming from that authentic heart space. So it's a practice that we need to, I think, as women continue to rebalance and integrate our own um, sovereignty. I think that's the key. I love that answer. Mm. I relate to it because I think whenever I've been in relationship with the man, and tried to fix them or tell them it's up to them to do something. A, it doesn't work, but B, it doesn't create the relationship that I'm looking for. And it's only yeah. I've looked at myself and owned what I want and created what I wanted. I've either been met or we've realized it wasn't going to work. I think also in talking about men's sexual appetite, it's understanding we're part of that picture. It's important that if there's something that needs to be discussed and you don't know how to do it, that you'd seek out help. Yes. You know, it's so it's important. It's really powerful. And it's such an honour to, to witness couples too, like say, I really don't know how to do this anymore. And they're really like helpless. Like they've reached that point. It's like, I've tried this, 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 and this. It's either get some help or we're going to leave each other, you know, and that's an awful place to be. It's like you're either going to grow and evolve together and continue on this path or not. And sometimes that is the case. It's sad, but it's the truth that we can't always continue that pathway together. 
Um, but it is absolutely beautiful when, yes, two people can meet each other in that way and learn different ways to um, have those needs met. And I think that's really important to figure out what they are as well. And I'm thinking aloud now, but basically that, you know, if there's something that you feel you don't understand about men's sexual appetite or the appetite that you both have in a relationship and you haven't got confidence or you aren't feeling that you can meet the needs together, that you do get someone else in because, like you said, it could mean the end of your relationship. But even if it does, at least you've learned some skills together that you can take to new relationships. And if it's going to be you're sticking together, well, why not have this, you know, broadening of what's possible? Yes. And I'll give you another example, which is so simple. One practice that we do with couples and it's profound. It's so easy, but it's so incredible. It changes everything in their dynamic but we call it the traffic light game. And so how this game goes is green is go, I like it, keep going. Amber is I'm not sure, let's pause. And red means stop, I don't want any more. And so what happens in this practice, I get them each to take turns. One's giving while the other's receiving and then they swap. And so the first person who's giving is offering touch to this person all over their body. And before we begin, we ask the question, is there anywhere in your body that you don't want to be touched? And she or he says what they say, and it's honored, and then they go for it. So every 10 seconds or so, the person calls out the color. So for example, he might be touching her neck like this, and all she has to say is green, amber, or red. And then he keeps going different parts of the body. And she's like, amber, and if it's an amber or a red, they have to say, thank you for setting that boundary and then move on. And so this goes on for five minutes and something magical happens. So what this last couple that I worked with discovered is she hated him touching her a certain way. <laughs> and she never said anything about it for like 14 years. So he kept doing this. <laughs> when they're standing at the shopping mall or when, you know, like she, and she doesn't like it, but that's rubbing that your she, arm, rubbing her arm yeah? in yeah. the same spot. And at that speed, there was something about the, the speed that he was doing it. She felt nervous energy. Yeah. So in the practice, she realized she could call that a red and he stopped. And when it was honored, she felt liberated, like she had this freedom to go, oh, he didn't actually kill me for saying I don't like that. <laughs> so they discovered a whole new way to relate, you know, like the intimacy and the simple practices of, hey, I'm going to honor your red or amber and not analyze you. And that's also part of the thing because we go into, yeah, but why, why is it a amber? Why is it a red? It doesn't matter. It's a no for me, and I want you to honor that in this moment. And when it's done with love, there's so much, like years of resentment drops away, you know? Like it's just simple, profound practices like this to build intimacy. So clever because 
it's creating a safe way to instead of going can you please not touch this 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 this, and I want this this, because sometimes you don't know what you want until it's in the moment and then you're giving this person I love that and I think that's a really beautiful opportunity for people to play with that I've also heard um a different version but similar of the same thing about different sexual activities and touch and stuff like that yes. and say go through this survey yes I want to try that no, yes or maybe and th- these are conversations that many of us wouldn't have had because maybe you tried it five years ago or five minutes ago but in the moment or where you're at now can be very different and these are all just beautiful ways to communicate that we haven't been taught and oh my gosh why the hell not (laughs) right I know we needed this language long long time ago we really did we learn how to exercise don't we we learn how to eat well we learn how to to look after our body and our skin and uh, these are things that are the same in our relating to each other and understanding each other and not being scared of each other how do you talk to men and women and their appetite and the the fear that we have? Do you know, I find men are mostly afraid of women's reactions and they're afraid of being denied, rejected. These are the top two fears for men. Perhaps that's an evolutionary thing. Many, many centuries ago, men would obviously be in tribes hunting and it was a process of elimination if they didn't actually come to the table and perform, they would be out of the tribe. That fear of rejection is huge because that would mean the world to them. It would be the end. So I think there is that it's in their DNA that this fear of rejection. And if you've ever yelled at him or said, no, that wasn't necessarily in a sovereign way. I know I have for decades. This is extremely intimidating for a man to hear this because they base their performance on how adequate they are as a man and it, it, it does, it really does ingrain in their confidence over time. Um, the more and more you say no and don't open to them as well. It's all in the communication. You know, you can say no with love or you can say no with resentment. It's in who you're being in that moment, obviously. But men are really afraid of rejection. This is something I've seen over and over again. So it's re-teaching them again how to trust you. You know, often women are like, I don't trust men. He's going to cheat on me or whatever thing we say, you know, he's not a provider enough or whatever it is. You know, we have all these great judgments about them. But I don't believe we've given men the opportunity to fully see us as women in our fullest versions. And I think... Uh, that will build trust over time with men once again to to come to you and to to feel safe around you again. So I think that that's a very important thing for all of us to master and it's still, we're still learning. <laughs> and I think there's compassion in understanding, like you've said, there's a biological reason that we feel compelled to do things to please each other and that's to fit into the tribe or fear of being rejected and they're all there 
And then there's the overlay of porn and what our community's expecting. And what we're told, I grew up reading Dolly magazines and <laughs> yes! magazines. And, you know, was, so we're, as young women, thinking men should look a particular way and they, they're going to want this from us. And so we're all kind of on the back foot to begin with. And I think too, a lot of women, I used to do this as well. Like if a man expresses his desire and appetite for sex, often I'll speak on behalf of myself. I would roll my eyes literally and go, oh God, not again. (laughs) I would. Um, That's a real big confidence. Like his confidence is gone. Like we need to learn different ways to have more room and space for this energy and this sexual appetite that he has. He just hasn't learned a new way of how to deal with this life force energy that's moving through him. And he's been educated watching porn. This does not excuse, I understand, this doesn't excuse a lot of the behavior that is out there. I'm not even going to dabble in that. But I'm talking about a man who's awakening and wanting to become conscious, yeah, a conscious lover, a conscious man father who does have power over his thoughts and intentions and he can control his sexual appetite. Really, it does take some willpower initially, but it is possible rather than relying on quick relief to get that hit because what happens is when a man actually does ejaculate, not only does he deplete his life force energy, but he also disconnects from his body and from his partner and from life. In French, actually, they call it le petit mort, which is the little death, um, the orgasm. Literally, he dies. So he goes unconscious and he goes foggy and he loses focus and he's not directional anymore. And usually a woman tries to come close to him by that stage and he's out. He's not interested in sex with you anymore. Forget about sex. He's not interested in intimacy. He's not in his heart anymore. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But that's a biological, physiological response to ejaculating and let him, letting go of his life force energy. So I have another whole topic I could talk about whether we should ejaculate or not, but that will take another hour. Um, I'm not anti-ejaculation. There's a place for it, especially when held with love and intention. But if he's doing it at the whim of his emotions, then he's not in control of his body and he needs to learn new skills to redirect that. That's more attractive to his woman as well. She'll be more drawn to him in that sense. So yes, it can be repulsive to the feminine in that way. She's like, get a grip of yourself, put your pants up, you know? Because he's watching porn to find this relief. And in a three-minute clip, wow, the stuff that you see on porn, you know, like my mind blows. Um, Like one thing that I try to reprogram with men is if they're addicted to porn is they need to relearn to close their eyes and come in touch with their own bodies and understand what feels good in theirs rather than projecting on a screen the fantasy of this woman or man doing whatever they're doing, which is not even real. It's all edited. So we must find new ways to become embodied, both men and women, to understand and appreciate each other's appetite for sex. Yeah. <laughs> and what we're actually really longing for is connection, you know, men and women. What what he's longing for is his heart wants to merge with yours. He just doesn't know how to do it. 
we've kind of been led to believe it's one thing, you know, and shown it's one thing and it's actually something altogether different and what's available and possible when we get curious, which you obviously are if you're listening to us this far, <laughs> but, you know, celebrating you for listening and getting an understanding that there is more to sex and it isn't just ejaculation or quick fixes or satisfying one person at the expense of another's experience. Erzum's a wealth of information. How can they learn <laughs> more from you? I know it can go on. It's such a juicy topic. It's it's incredible. Where do they find you? <laughs> so um, I currently have a beautiful, juicy Facebook group. It's called Tantra Awakening Love. And I also have uh, White Samsara. So you'll find me on Instagram as well as Facebook. My Instagram page is White Samsara. That's also my YouTube channel name. But if you do like to be inside of a conversation on Facebook, I have a private group, Tantra Awakening Love, and you're very welcome to drop in. Awesome. Thank you. And I yeah recommend that you reach out, learn from Erzlem wherever possible, maybe even listen to our last podcast episode. Oh, yes, that was long. Life story is incredible, which is why it's impressive what she's brought to this conversation it's from life experience and then obviously a real passion for creating beautiful synergies between people so that they experience sexuality in the way that's really positive for everyone I think that's beautiful it's it's a real gift that you have that's awesome thank you for allowing me to share and holding this beautiful space and lastly, is there one thing you just wish women in their midlife knew? <laughs> You're like, if they knew this about particularly men's sexual appetite, but if there was something else too, you like, I would just wish women in their midlife knew this. What would you say? I would say you can have anything you want. They are willing to give it to you. You just have to be willing and deserving. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think most of us don't believe we can. Yeah. Mm. I think we're all deserving. Absolutely. Yes, we yeah. are. <laughs> men, men bow down at women's feet. You know, there used to be rituals like this. They did this in sex temples many, many, many years ago. Mm. So, yes, women are honoured. We are the goddess and I believe that this is possible, that we can revolutionise our world and just transform this whole planet. Everyone needs sexual healing. <laughs> was it Marvin Gaye? Yeah, that was him. <laughs> the great song. If this is Landy like, that's all well and good for Uslam or Penny or anyone else but not me to really allow Uslam's words to really sink in, it is possible for you now, whatever age you are, like however, you, whatever your situation is now, that you don't kind of limit yourself. There's Absolutely. You know, if you are born a woman, oh, you have so much birthright. You'll be amazed at what, what you discover if you let it in. Mm. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it. 
and rate it and review it so others can benefit from Aslam's wisdom. So grateful. Love you dearly. <laughs> Thank you, Penny. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and review it on your preferred podcast platform, especially if you liked it. A five-star review would be awesome. Mm-hmm.